Adult Room of Tea podcast. The mission is simple. Learning and unlearning to grow. Keeping you and I accountable with truths, melodies and honest conversation for the journey ahead. I'm T, otherwise known as Anthony. Welcome to the experience. Yeah, you make me loco. You play me like Iloto. All you want is my dodo. I even buy you moto. Say you want a lolo, but why you leave me go go? See now I am solo. Oh no, it could have been something different. You say you want money, baby. Oh. We could be loving my honey, kissing and cuddling, life in Miami. Oh. We could have been something different. Oh, you say no money, no honey. Oh. You should be walking beside me morning and evening. And welcome back, guys, to another episode of Adult with Tea Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. And I'm here with a special guest, another friend, another friend of the podcast. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. My name is Lara. Cool. So this is Lara. Um, we both went to university together. Um, we went to Hertfordshire University together. I done sports science, Laura, you done... I did law of Italian. Yeah, law of Italian. Um, we had quite different experiences, actually. I went on a placement year and you actually went out to Italy. Um, yeah. Yeah. How was that? Um, one of the best years of my life so far, actually. Um, I learned a lot, became a lot more independent and just really grew as a person, I think. I remember you telling me all the stories and like even people... Um, I remember you kind of telling me like all the stories that you had, um, people you met there, what you yeah. done, like the pictures you showed me. And I was like, wow, like you actually experienced a whole totally different lifestyle yeah. for that year type of thing. So that was so cool. So for this episode, we're going to be talking about needs and wants as the title shows. But before we do that, as always, when we have guests on, we ask them this question just to kind of break the kind of conversation down and so people can kind of get to know you more and stuff like that. So the question is, when was the first time, Lara, you realised you were an adult? Um, so I was thinking about how to answer this question and I think it would be when I was in Italy and there was a daddy, lo- daddy long legs on the wall um, and all my friends had, or like right at the end of my year abroad, so all my friends had already gone. I had about a week left and I hate spiders and I had no way of getting rid of it other than doing it myself. And I was, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm an adult now. I have to d- deal with these things. I can't just ask my mom to do it. Yeah. How was that actually coming back from Italy? And you mentioned, okay, you know, the independence, you had to take a more responsibility in that scenario. How was it actually coming back, coming back to uni and kind of settling or that and then coming back home and then settling with COVID and stuff like that. How has that transition been for you? Um, so I would say when I came back from Italy, at first it was a bit, it was quite a shock because obviously I'd been in Rome for a whole year with different friends and kind of just doing my own thing and yeah, just living my life as I wanted. Um, and then I kind of came back thinking that I wouldn't really know anyone at uni and that all my friends or the most of them had graduated. But then when I came back, I realised that a lot of people I still knew were still here. 
doing masters or they had done a placement and they also came back and things like that. Um, and then with the whole COVID thing, it was very, it was very confusing. I would say, um, again, quite a shock from being busy all the time at uni with jobs and uni work and societies out every day to suddenly being in the South of England from being like in Hertfordshire, get coming mm-hmm. to the South of England with just my mom in the house and just staying in most of the time as well. It was quite a yeah. transition. And it's kind of like everything really flipped on his head because I remember sometimes when you would call me, it's like you would have, you need reasons to go out rather than if you were in Italy, it was like, okay, you're going out all the time. There's so many things yeah. going on. Everything is, is completely new type of thing. Was it an easy process, do you think? Um, it was quite difficult at first, but then once I started seeing my friends that were still down here, it got a bit easier. And obviously with the whole freshest thing as well, you go to different events and everyone's kind of in the same boat almost and you meet new people every year, so... That's calm. And yeah, I done a placement year. I think I spoke about it on my first actual episode um, when we were, I was talking about fear and um, transitioning from kind of the student world into now being in the adult world. Um, and that, similar to your experience, kind of impacted me in a way that, okay, I was actually outside of the bubble of university and I actually had to kind of take all this responsibility and just see the world as well and talk to people. They say kind of your environment kind of shapes you and your responsibility. Everybody around me was older. Everybody around me yeah. had a lot more responsibility. They were working. Everybody had kids and things like that. Yeah. It's so funny. Sometimes um, I would be uh, like performing tests in the hospital, the placement I was at, and people would talk to me, you know, have a normal conversation just to break things down before we perform the test, right? Um and then people would ask, oh, yeah, so um, do you have any kids and stuff like that? And I'd be like, I'm like whoa. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> I was like 19. I hope not. Like, oh, slow down. Like, I'm still a kid type of thing. But, um, yeah, um, as I was speaking to Tommy on the last episode, these things are, you know, in the next decade going to be realities for, if not us, but definitely people in our environment, be it um, kind of children, moving into different places um, and establishing themselves. So hopefully, although COVID has seemed to kind of put a halt to a lot of our plans, hopefully we can actually still kind of move forward um, in all the ways that we do want to. And yeah, one of that's... the things... Yeah, go on. You so one thing I'd say about that as well, yeah, on my year abroad as well, I found most of my friends... I was like, the youngest one in my friendship group. Um, and a lot of my friends were at least like two years older, some of them even like about 10 years older compared to at Hertfordshire when I was at uni. My friends are all kind of in the same like year as me or year below, maybe maximum. So that was mm-hmm. quite a, that made me think a lot more about the future and things. And I found I was doing a lot more like adult things as well in Italy and yeah. being a bit more sophisticated compared to at university, you know, it's more of a fresher kind of lifestyle. So you now being back home, what things have you done to kind of keep your well-being, not just mental health, but well-being where it's supposed to be for Lara? I thought that'd be quite an interesting thing for both of us to share, especially in the midst of this kind of COVID uh, pandemic. Yeah, um, I would say, so obviously I do a lot of dancing usually and I do salsa and it's more of a partner dancing. So we can't really do that right now with COVID, obviously, with the whole distancing. 
but I've been doing a lot of dancing um, like by myself. I did online classes and things I was taking. I've started doing workouts at home, which I never used to do. But it's because I physically can't be going out as much anymore. So it's just to kind of keep me moving. Um, did some quite a lot of baking in the beginning of COVID. I think every like week or or, every, or something like that, I was baking cookies and cakes and everything. <laughs> Hence needing to do the um, the workouts. Uh, yeah. I've been reading been reading a bit as well, actually. That's good. Um, and do you think you were doing as much as you've been able to do now since COVID has hit compared to before, maybe? Um. I would actually say, so I was, before COVID, I was always like on the go every day doing something, different things throughout the day, hardly ever in the house. But the difference is that now I'm kind of concentrating on what's actually important to do rather than just going out all the time just for the sake of it. Yeah. And I'm a lot more organised about when I go out and what I do do and just making the most of my time and actually I'm having a lot more time as well just to relax and just think as well compared to before. Yeah, I would definitely say the same thing. And I've been reading as well, and one of the books I've been reading this week is um, a book called Cry Like a Man by Jason Wilson. And what the book kind of has been kind of teaching me is kind of bringing to the front of my mind these two concepts, one being masculinity and the other one being what people call emotional vulnerability, just being vulnerable and with your emotions, really. And as you would probably believe, um, from your experience with kind of just males or just friends or even maybe just, just me as well, um, I think it's very challenging, I would say, to match masculinity with being emotional because yeah, I don't think the two normally agree with each other. If you imagine, you know, a normal man type of thing, um, the first thing you wouldn't, the first characteristic you wouldn't say, oh, yes, uh, emotional, emotional. Yeah. yeah right after well built it, it doesn't really work like that especially not in the, uh, the society we're in today culture. yeah yeah so i just wanted to share kind of things i've been learning and discuss them with you and just see kind of how yeah just see just have a discussion about them um so i'm just gonna run through a couple of a couple of the things and then every couple of them we can just maybe just talk um or you can just stop me and then we can just run through them so the first section of the things I've kind of put down is like needs from what the book has kind of inspired me to just write down, as well as what I think people on the platform listening may also be thinking as well. So they're all mixed up. So for the first three, I said, I need to read the word more because it gives me strength and clarity. I need to show love to those who don't treat me um, how I would like to be treated. And I need to forgive myself for the lies I've internalized about my identity, my looks, and my ability. Um, so yeah, I let that kind of sink in. But for me, the reason I kind of said that was because one of the first point, although I've had a lot of more time, I would say, with kind of COVID hitting and just changing my work kind of schedule and things like that um it hasn't always been as easy to be disciplined with things like, okay um probably not praying but just like spending time with god alone that i know i should be doing because i know back to well-being it puts me in the right space to actually yeah. be my authentic self to be that 
best version of T or Anthony that, you know, um, you've experienced and things that other people have experienced. The second one, when I mentioned, just get my phone open, um, I need to show love for those who don't treat me how I like to be treated, was it brought up, do you remember um, when we had that session, um, I think it was probably last year, about agape love and things yeah. like that, unconditional love? Um, it's very difficult to put that in practice, but I've kind of addressed or come to an understanding that it's something I need. Um, although this came out of or it was inspired by the book Based on Masculinity, have these three things ha- impacted you? Do you see value in them? Yeah. Um, could you repeat your last one again, actually? Yeah. The last one, yeah, was a hard hitter. Um, he said, I said, I need to forgive myself for the lies I've internalised about my identity, my looks, my flaws and my ability. Yeah, I think that was quite an important one, <clears throat> especially with, I feel like, um, for me personally, being a black female from, like, I don't know, an average background um, and then going into a law degree and then now I've just finished my master's as well. It's almost like this whole imposter syndrome thing of you feel like, oh, like, how did I even get here? Like, you don't credit yourself for where, for how, where you are and all the hard work you put in and you just kind of think it just, it just you know, happened or maybe you've sort of cheated your way there in some way. And I think it's really important to appreciate your all the hard work that you have put in and what you have done um, and just kind of credit yourself for those things rather than putting yourself down all the time and thinking that you just happen to be where you are by luck when actually you've, you've done a lot to get there. That's very powerful that, on what you just mentioned and a lot of my listeners are women. So maybe we can expand on that. You kind of experiencing that um, poster syndrome, um, you kind of, coming into the law industry, the industry of law, were there any particular experiences where you were like, rah, like this is very difficult to deal with. This is affecting my work or just, you know, my day-to-day happiness because I just feel like I'm not enough at this current moment. Um, I would say actually there was a point in my master's degree right at the beginning where we had a class on accounting because you have to do solicitor's accounts. Um, and I remember I just wasn't understanding it. Oh, no, this, actually, this is business law. Um, we had to do a part of this, like, accounting and balance sheets and things. And I was just thinking, how did I get here? Like, how I, I can't do this. I'm not ever going to be able to do this. I'm going to fail this because this is a, quite a big part of the course. Um, and that got me quite upset, I remember, in class. But then it just, yeah, I just had to kind of kick myself out of it and realise, no, I've, they let me onto the course for a reason because they know I can, I have the grades and the the drive to complete it. And I did actually did really well in that um, module in the end, but it was that whole just kind of getting over it and realizing, no, I can't, like I'm here for a reason. I can do it. And just pushing yourself. Yes. Yeah, so we actually have to remind ourselves that, okay, all of the time that we spent, you know, putting in the work all the way up to this period is not wasted. We can't forget it. Um, but in the moment it's very difficult to remind ourselves because we're looking ahead so much that we rarely look back at the achievements. What we've done, yeah. What, what we've done. Um, so beyond this, I went forward and I wrote down some more. I was saying I need to forgive because I need peace. Um, the emphasis being on me, the emphasis being on you, the emphasis being on us, and I need space. 
I thought these things were quite important um, around well-being, around um, being able to actually come to terms of being more um, emotionally vulnerable with myself and, for, and of course, other people. Because um, I don't think, or I, I definitely can't kind of live day to day or live happily or live the best version of myself if I'm holding grudges. For me personally, it's like it's like there's weight on my shoulders yeah. when I know that there's a grievance or something between me and somebody, me and a friend or me and a family member. It's like, I can't rest type of thing. A lot of um, negative energy, that. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and who needs that type of thing? Um, and yeah, I said emphasis on me, of course, because I'm talking about myself, but the listeners as well, because I think that's not really something people talk about how not forgiving others, but as more importantly, maybe not forgiving ourselves for the things that we've done can impact us day to day um, as well. Have you experienced that in any sort of way or with friends and stuff like that? Um, potentially in the past, yeah, definitely in the past. But um, I think I'm very much quite a forgiving person. Naturally, I kind of, I'll be angry in the moment or upset. And then I'm that kind of person. Once I've slept the next day, I just forget, I almost forget that it's happened. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, it's very important to just let these things go sometimes. And it's like that forgiven, forgive and forget thing where it's, I think you can feel, you can forgive someone, but they say you can forgive and, oh, but I'll forget. Um, so people say, oh, wait, no, sorry. People say, oh, I'll, um, I'll forgive you, but I won't forget it. But I think it's important to also kind of forget it because if you're not, you've still got that negative energy and that weight on your shoulders. Yeah, I think so too, to be honest, but it goes back to what we mentioned about agape love, agape meaning kind of unconditional yeah. love love that kind of God gives us, he gives us grace. Um, so we should afford other people, even if they've done us wrong, the same kind of leeway, essentially. That, that, that's what it's all about. Um, again, very difficult to do, but it's something that we should try to do uh, where possible type of thing. Yeah. Um, moving forward beyond this, um, I broke it down even more. And I was saying things like, I need time. I need patience. I need to lay to rest the memories of when I gave um, what now seems to be too much, um, too little in return. I'll say that again, that last point. I need to lay to rest all the memories of when I gave what now seems too much for too little in return. Um, so that, in terms of the book, when I was reading, um, the character Jason, well, not character, it's actually a real person. Um, Jason Wilson was kind of, talked about relationships and all these things where things didn't end up well or maybe because he was such a um, he kind of embodied a toxic masculinity he kind of reacted out um in ways where maybe he would hurt people or kind of kind of his anger would get the, get the most of him so i wrote that down to kind of for me i'm not really an aggressive person M most people haven't seen me angry and it's not something that I want people to see, to be honest. <laughs> um, I don't really have that issue, you know. I think I'm a calm guy, <laughs> type of thing. Um, but the reason I said it is because I think it's important that, especially if you're someone like me that um, thinks a lot, I think about the future, I think about building myself in the future, etc. It's very easy for kind of the things we've done there have been mistakes to just run in our mind like a tape recorder, running and running and running. Um, but back to that forgiveness, we actually need to just put that to bed. Um, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I agree. I think that's another important thing to mention, how as well as forgiving others, we need to be able to forgive ourselves for things that we've done um, like deliberately or maybe carelessly and not let them weigh on us too much. And it's important to forgive yourself and know that God is forgiving you and make um, make amends and just move on rather than letting these things build up and cause this negativity, you know? Yeah. And also I, I'm re- I, always... I really believe that everything does happen for a reason. And even though you might make a mistake or do something, or as you said, put a lot of time into something that doesn't have, doesn't give you so much in the end, it all gets you where you need to be and you learn from it and you develop and you grow. Hmm. Yeah, I think, and I agree with that. Um, what I've done recently, I spoke about kind of the affirmations um, I read daily and things like that. And one of the things, um, one of the points links perfectly to what you said. Um, it says, no's will bring you closer to your yes. So see no's as a confirmation that a better situation is closer and soon to manifest. So we've had conversations, conversations about the podcast, like real life conversations <laughs> um, about things that were happening in each other's lives. And, you know, we're both kind of giving ourselves these um, advice, really, when things have been quite sticky for both of us. Um, but again, these conversations, that's what it's all about, having these conversations so we can refer back to them, people can refer back to them. We can think about these things so we can just move forward so, you know, Lara, 10 years later, Anthony, 10 years later, we're going to be better for it, you know? Yeah. So we're going to go for a quick break. Um, I'm going to throw in some music. I'll chop, I'll chop this up. Um, do you want to request or tell me maybe what song you're listening to that you may want me to just put in and then we'll uh, go back for the second bit? Um, I've been listening to a lot of Stormzy recently, actually. Okay, Stormzy. Uh, what songs? Uh, Rachel's Little Brother I've had that on repeat quite a lot oh yeah I like that song still I've been listening to it for, for a minute yeah, yeah cause it's a remix it of, of another song yeah cause it has that sample it's like yeah 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 yo lad father help me through the pain father be my shuttle when it's due to rain Bought this on myself, so tell me who's to blame These niggas do me dirty, I can't do the same Do the same even though I had a meaner start But still illegal part, guess I got a cleaner heart Miscommunication tore my team apart Now I'm the big dog, I make the whole arena bark Boom shaka like when I shake the room um, And as we continue, just to reiterate We're just talking about kind of needs and wants Still on the need side, we have a couple more points that I've kind of extracted from reading a book called um, Cry Like a Man by Jason Wilson. So um, beyond what I've mentioned already, um, I said, I need to relax from keeping up appearances for people who only see value when they see value. And two, my soul and spirit hard drives need um, an upgrade, an upgrade from past um, battles, thoughts. The first one I think is quite important in this day and age where, um, one, there's social media. So there's a very strong... Superficial. 
yeah, there's strong superficial nature in what we do and why we do what we do. When I was like, a couple of weeks ago, I think I put something on social media, just a, just a picture of me. But then I started to think about my think to myself that hmm, why am I actually putting this picture out? Why isn't it fine for me to just have it in my gallery? Why am I sharing it to people? I, I was trying to kind of get to the terms of the true intent of why I was doing things. Yeah. Was it for, okay, at that time, did I need um, some external validation in that moment? Maybe. Maybe I wasn't feeling the best. Or maybe I need people to gas me to be like, oh, right, da, 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 in the comments. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so um, I could feel um, even better and to inflate my ego type of thing. Um, is that a reason why I dress the way I dress or um, why I, I don't know, wear what I wear or do certain things? So I was just having that conversation. I was like, hmm, Lara, kind of, you do a lot of things on social media. It's like you're, I would say, you're a very outgoing person. You have a, a big network. You sing, you dance. You engage with social media a lot. Have these questions or thoughts ever come into your mind or how do you, you really kind of take all of this? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that, that first point was really important. Um, a lot of people nowadays, including myself, we post things online and it's we if we actually look at the deep the deep-seated reason why we're doing it, as you said, it's not for ourselves. We're doing it for other people, as you said, that whole... See, uh, what was the thing you said about value? People putting... So I said, I need to relax from keeping up appearances for people who only see value when they see value. Exactly. So it's yeah. kind of a play on words, but I'm just saying that when yeah. they see the drip, they're going to be like, oh, drippy, drippy, yeah, drippy. Exactly. Drippy, all these type of things. Pastor Toby, he's there, he's got the mic in his hand. Now, come, come and show your drip. Drippy, drippy, drippy. Oh, my guys are drippy. Show your drip. Don't worry. Oh, my God, this drip is drrippy or you know oh, too much bro you're on my neck you're on my neck you're too all, much all, sauce just kind of, too much sauce please teach me to, uh, all of that kind of you know yeah annoying stuff no I agree um I think with boy with men it's more of a thing maybe with um clothes more so with girls it's definitely you know when you go out with your friends everyone's snapchatting the meal before they even start eating and then by the time they yeah. start it's cold or you know yeah, yeah. you take a photo with your friends but are you really are they really your friends are you enjoying yourself and I think a question we need to ask ourselves as well is would I if I couldn't post this at all online would I still be doing it yeah or would I be happy exactly yeah you? yeah would I even be happy it's, does this make me happy doing this without having to post or, is, or am I just happy because of what what happens when I post online the consequences of people saying oh I love this I love your dress I love your hair I love da 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 and even then that's just it's realizing that that's just a small satisfaction like that's just momentary after because it's it's filling a void but only for that time being and it's important to, to have your own inner happiness and not be so reliant on other people yeah I agree with that 100%. And actually, the next point I, I wrote down um, is a few points later. I said, I need to fill the void. I need a break from chasing. I need a vacation from cultural expectations. And finally, I need annual leave from Western masculinity, capitalism, and captions. I like that annual leave. <laughs> yeah, it's like I need I need a break. Can I kind of you know can I can I tap out of this get out of this game for a minute and just you know 
exist in a place where these things don't exist, when these pressures are not a thing. It's like, I can't, I can't, you can go on holiday, you can have a break from work, but you can't have a break from yourself. That's why it's so important that we kind of address these issues, be honest. So we can be okay with being with ourselves when there is nobody around, when there is no um, external validation, when Lara is by herself, when Anthony, when T is by um, himself type of thing. You spoke earlier about something that I think a lot of women, uh, especially black women that listen to the podcast um, can relate to. Do you think or have you ever felt the pressure of just being a black woman in general on social media? Um, how have your experiences been just, yeah. just being? Yeah, definitely. I think especially with the whole, I mean, it's been addressed a lot more now with the whole BLM movement getting a lot more um, publicity about this whole thing of the strong black woman and mm. just the expectation of you having to be be able to just deal with things and being so resilient, which, yes, it's great to be resilient, but just this whole expectation that's put on us. And, yeah, yeah, just this whole expectation that's put on us to be strong and always have our our head up and be, look look after ourselves, but also, you know, maybe your your husband and your children and just being like the, just always having that strength and not being able to be so much like a delicate or even so feminine, but almost being quite um, like androgynous. Yeah. Um, and do you think it's something that you would bear in mind when raising children, or especially, you know, a, a daughter? Like when Lara has a family and has a daughter and she's going to school, she's interacting with social media. Do you think it, it would be a thing where you would have to sit down and say, look, this is how things are. This is how you can best, again, protect your well-being. Do you think that's, that conversation is needed? Um, yeah, definitely. And probably even more so in the future with the way that social media and the internet's going. I mean, luckily, when I grew up, it wasn't such a big thing. Like, only when I was about 13, I think I started go not even 13, like maybe 15, 16, I, I was on Instagram slightly and it was starting to become a thing. But, you know, I still had a childhood compared to people who are like 13 now they're all on TikTok and all these other apps and they're seeing they have these um unattainable beauty like super high beauty standards and Mm. um they're doing things and seeing things that I never saw or did at that age um and I feel it's a lot a lot more pressure now so I'm sure it'll be even more by the time I have children yeah like I think I was listening to another podcast and then they were speaking about how the playgrounds, you know, of primary school, no, probably not primary schools. I don't know, maybe primary schools. Primary schools and secondary schools have changed where maybe, you know, in our, <laughs> I feel like such an old person, you know, back in our day. <laughs> um, but in our, in our day, in our time, when we were school kids, um, the standard apparel would be, okay, everybody should have kickers type of thing. Um, that was like a, you know, a standard thing. That was like a household name. But now it was like maybe people they're wearing kind of um, LV Balenciaga. Like I literally yeah, saw Balenciaga. I literally saw something online just before I started doing this podcast with you online saying about how you know when I was in school um, on non-school uniform day people would come in like a night like night trainers and that was the cool thing or whatever. But now it's like these thousand pound like hundreds and hundreds of pound trainers and 
clothing items that not everyone can yeah. afford. And even if you can, you shouldn't have to feel like you need to wear it on that one day to school, you know? Yeah. Like on, on um, social media now, um, people are kind of in a frenzy about the new PS5 coming out. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me back to, you know, again, the primary school times, the secondary school times where that was always a thing. If you didn't have that, it was like, is there something wrong with you type of things? Like, you know, you need to have this or, you know, you can't even um, exist within our, within yeah. our, our clique, within our circle. And it's funny how that is still playing out on social media in people or conversation with people that are much older, maybe now in their 20s. And it's still a thing. It's quite interesting to see yeah definitely like um I think when I was young when I was in school it was a thing everyone had a blackberry and we all had each other's bbm pins and like bbm was the thing so yeah I mean there are I don't think anyone has one now but you know it was that whole whole thing of you know um an exclusive thing if you don't have a blackberry then you can't have bbm and you're automatically you're missing out on this thing and even when I look back to have a blackberry at that age was quite I mean it wasn't needed yeah. Um, ex- but yeah, I think they were expensive. I can't remember how much. Yeah, I think were, but... it was maybe like two hundred or something, which it doesn't sound like a lot now for a phone. But then I think it was Back quite then. a decent amount. Yeah, that was quite a lot for a phone. Um, and yeah, there's other kind of versions of that nowadays. Maybe not BBM, but like I don't know the latest iPhone or the latest this or that. Um, or even as you get older, things like expecting to have a husband or a boyfriend or a house, a car at a certain age. You know. Yeah. And I've spoken about this before, and I definitely recognise that as I kind of grow up, these are things that maybe other people external to myself may think I need. But the more kind of conversations I have with people that, you know, I trust and respect, like like you and people that I've had on the podcast, it kind of puts my mind at ease where these things can exist. People, you know, may think or may want these things for me, but I'm okay with the decision. I'm okay with the decisions I make at the end of the day and at the end of the day I just want to live life at my own pace um, and yeah just and just enjoy myself and it kind of carries to the last three things that I'm that I wrote down as well Um, the first one being that I need to live in the moment the second one I need to protect my energy and the last one I really need to keep and communicate my boundaries is there anyone out of the three? We don't need to go through all of them. Anyone out of the three which kind of, kind of spoke to you? Yeah, I think the first and the last one. So the first is like what ties in what I just with what I just said about, you know, these kind of milestones. Like when you, so now you've graduated, what are you going to do? Like, do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have, do you have a car? Do you have, you're in place now? When you're getting married, when you're having children, all of these mm. expectations and milestones. And it's just knowing that, it's not a race and everyone needs to go at, everyone's going at their own pace and we're all going in different directions as well. Um, yeah. And just knowing that where you are is where you need to be. Yeah. That's really powerful. Yeah. Where you are is where you need to be. Um, yeah. And then and the, the last, last one, one. Yeah. About yes. boundaries, just knowing, knowing when to say no as well. Um, and having set as you get older as well, I think it's really important who you have in your life and knowing do I actually need this person in my life? Some maybe like toxic friends or people who are always bringing negativity to you and just being able to say no and maybe cutting people off. Yeah. Um, And this one for me, the kind of second half of that last point 
was something that I'm still coming to terms with um, because it is difficult saying no, but it's very powerful at the same time. I have boundaries. That isn't an issue. People listening have boundaries. It's, that's probably not the issue. It's actually putting the boundary or telling other implementing. people. Implementing. Like, hey, yeah. yeah, implementing. It's like, <laughs> I have these boundaries. Hey, like you can't, you can't cross here because this is, you know, this is how Anthony works. This is how Lara operates. So you can't come here or, you know, at this time, the type of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it all starts with communication. If we don't communicate, other people won't know kind of yeah. where our boundaries are, to be honest. And I think that's really... That's, them. We have to set yeah. a tone. That's important because I think a lot of us, we probably do have boundaries, but we just don't, as you said, we don't implement them. So we're thinking these things, but we haven't told anybody and we're just letting people jump all over, go up and over, hurdles, hurdling our boundaries. And it's just... Yeah, it's, it being important, having the confidence to be able to say, no, this is enough or this is where this needs to stop. Yeah. And I think I think we can, we can end it there, to be honest. And normally I would kind of say, what is a call of action? But <laughs> we've kind of littered the whole podcast with several, um, basically about, okay, the things that we can actually do to implement. Yes, we have needs. The needs that we do have, the majority of them, they come from... Um, true places, places that, okay, relate to what we actually um, desire and they come from good places. But it's just about actually trying to practically implement them, which will take action. Um, You can have faith to do something, but if you don't actually work towards it, it's not going to come about. Um, That goes for what we do in work, that's what we, for what we do outside of work, that's for relationships, that's for, that's for everything in life. Um, And that's something that um, this book, has really taught me. And it's probably one of the kind of easiest books I've, I've ever read um, in, in the past couple of years or so. Um, so I'll definitely recommend it. One, I would say, of course, to men, but definitely to women, um, because if you're a woman, you're probably going to have um, a friend as a guy in your life. You may have a brother. Of course, um, you, you're going to have a, um, a father who has influenced you, um, different people to, to varying extents, of course. Um, but as well as me sitting down, as you've probably seen or noticed, uh, with a lot of women, so I can kind of understand um, kind of the experience of women, different type of women. I think it's at the same time important for the reverse to happen. Um, for women to actually understand masculinity. And at the end of the day, for everybody to just understand each other. Um, And yeah, I think things will be better off in this world, in this COVID-ridden world, unfortunately. um, Things things will be better for for us. So yeah, any last words, Laura? Thank you for having me, Anthony. It's been lovely to be on your podcast today. Yeah, no, no worries. And like I said, Laura is a very talented person. Um, she sings, um, she dances. Would you like to share any of your Instagram pages or whatnot? Um, I have an Instagram singing page, just a little one that I do for fun sometimes, um, at Lara Ann Sings, L-A-R-A-A-N-N Sings. Cool. This has been another episode, guys. Take care. And keep Bye, everybody. With you I want to settle down You sweet me like soda I me like lager Cool it down Oh my beautiful lady Why you wanting to want